Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I am your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 68 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I could not be more excited to continue talking with you guys about personal finance topics that I think can be really useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, what we're going to talk about is this dilemma or this choice that we have and two things that both have gone up in value over time, both have created wealth over time. And those things are stocks versus real estate. And is there one that's better than the other? What are the returns that you get from each? And how do we make this decision? How do we make this decision of two historically appreciating assets or asset classes that we know we can get our hands on um, as Americans, as individuals uh, who want to build wealth in the long term? And so What we want to look at today is how are these similar? How are they different? Uh, How can we benefit from them? And then ultimately, which should we choose and why? Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button. Also like this video, hit the thumbs up. Leave me any feedback in the comments as this video goes along. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And then check out my website, www.mnowithdylan.com. Click on the Work with Dylan tab, and you can check out the types of financial coaching services that I offer and sign up for one if you're interested. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast there and make sure that you leave me a review. So let's just take a broad look at this real quick. Real estate and stocks and an overview of you know what are they, how have people used them, you know, why do they matter? Why are we even spending a whole, a whole episode on this? Well, many investors have tr- traditionally used the stock market to build wealth. We know that. But many investors have also traditionally used real estate to build wealth. We know that too. And so we know that these are both winning instruments. We know that these are both winning asset classes over the long term. Now that said, stocks are a very well-known thing and they're very commonplace and and it's kind of a a more attractive thing for individuals to do. And a lot of individuals don't even take into account the fact that they could purchase real estate. Not to mention, under certain circumstances, real estate could offer us lower risk than stocks, better returns, and add some diversification to our portfolio. So there's definitely benefit to be had uh, by looking at real estate and not just stock market investments. When it comes down to it though, individuals need an investment strategy, an investment style, some way of investing that matches their needs, whether it's saving for retirement, their kid's college, whether they just want to uh, invest for income, invest for cash flow, whatever it may be, uh, then you have to understand that in order to uh, put yourself into the right assets that will work with your objectives. I would say it's pretty safe to say that more individuals probably by far, are invested in the stock market than are in real estate because it is so easy. There is such a low barrier to entry. It doesn't require a whole lot from you to open an account and buy shares of stock, but it does require a lot more from you um, to purchase real estate. And so I, I think a lot more people tend to the stock side because it's easier, but that doesn't mean that it's correct for you. If you're going to buy real estate, you're going to have to have money to do so, whether it's yours or other people's, you're going to have to have money to do so. You're going to have to have money to put down on properties. You're going to have to have money to pay the mortgage. If you don't have renters in, you're going to have to have 
some cash to do these things with some way, somehow. With stocks, though, it's really it's really low barrier to entry, you know, based on what stock you're buying. Certain stocks cost, you know, obviously there's penny stocks, and we've talked about how those are no good, but um, there are stocks, you know, that are priced very reasonably that you can buy, and their index is priced uh, really, really reasonably that you can purchase as well. So it's not very hard to start with a low amount of money and make money in the stock market, but it is more difficult to do so with real estate. So when you buy stock, you're buying pieces of companies. You're buying ownership in companies uh, and you buy just a, a tiny piece and you own that piece of the company. Um, that's what the stock is. But when you're buying real estate, you're buying, you're buying something physical, something, uh, some property, some, you know, something that you can put your hands on, a physical asset uh, that is quite a bit different than a stock. And with stocks, as you can make money with the price of the stock going up, or the firm returning capital to the shareholders via dividends or share buybacks. Similarly, with real estate, you can make money by the appreciation of the price of the property, the collection of the rents, and you also get some tax write-offs that you can count towards your returns as well. In the same way that a lot of people look at stocks as being attractive because it's so easy to get into them, a lot of people look at real estate as very attractive because real estate is something tangible. A lot of people need something tangible uh, in order to be able to look at it and feel it and understand it uh, when it comes to investing their money. And real estate fixes that problem pretty easily. But that said, you don't just have to invest in real estate by purchasing the tangible asset. You can also purchase what they call REITs. And a REIT is a Real Estate Investment Trust, R-E-I-T. And what the REIT is, is it is a portfolio of properties that produce income and that produce uh, the appreciation that you're looking for, and it's sold in the way of being a stock. They they bundle all these properties together, and the rents from the properties come out uh, to the investor in the REIT. So quite frankly, there's just a ton of considerations that come into play when it comes to choosing should you invest in stocks, should you buy real estate, uh, what you should do, when you should do it, how you should do it. A lot of things come into play. Um, and we're going to talk about some of them here and we're going to start with the returns on stocks versus the returns on real estate. Now, just to be frank, investing in stocks makes the most sense when it comes to ways you can boost your returns. So what do I mean? Well, if you're investing in an employer sponsored retirement account that has a match, then you're getting free money. You're getting free returns just by putting a certain amount of money in. And that's not necessarily going to happen with real estate without uh, high leverage. And we've talked about why that is not a good idea. But those perks are not always there. People don't always have matches to run to. Um, and even if they do, the perks are limited. And so um, it still puts us in a place where we don't know who returns better and, and why. And let's not forget that comparing the returns of real estate to the stock market is really an apples to oranges type of idea because the things that impact the appreciation of, of value and the, the appreciation um, of the price of, of properties or the price of the stock or uh, the things that impact the rents or distributions to investors, uh, those things are very distinct to those types of assets. And so it, it is very apples to oranges, but we'll look at it anyway. The way that we're going to go about doing this is looking at two diversified portfolios, one of which uh, tracking the stock market, one of which 
tracking real estate. So we're going to use the SPY, that is the Spider S&P 500 ETF, and the Vanguard real estate ETF, both of these having total returns, right? So this is these are total return um, values that we're going to look at. And over the last 20 years, stocks have returned 312.2%, and real estate has returned 234.5%. Now, let's be clear. A lot of people have made those stock market returns, but a lot of people investing in real estate have also made a lot more than what individuals made in stocks in real estate. That's why it's such an apples to oranges comparison because uh, it's so easy to diversify stocks. It's much more difficult to diversify real estate and you can make a lot of good choices when it comes to real estate. Now you can make a lot of bad choices too and lose a lot of money, uh, but it leaves there, um, you know, there's money to be made out there uh, in real estate if you do get good deals. And so I'm not saying that's everyone. I'm just saying on average uh, with a diversified group of holdings, that is what the returns have been the last 20 years. But let's also be clear to the fact that um, nothing is recession proof and nothing is economy proof. The prices of stocks and the prices of real estate um, have been heavily impacted by economic issues. So 2008, 2009, the Great Recession, we're talking about you know housing prices dropping precipitously because they were uh, a big cause of the crisis and then stock prices also dropping very hard. But you look now uh, during the uh, COVID-19 uh, you know, crash and COVID-19 recession, then what we're, we're actually seeing here is stocks dropped hard and they've rebounded uh, in, in quite, a, quite a fantastic way. But real estate was actually increasing in prices in a lot of places because it was cheaper to borrow. Rates dropped. It was cheaper to borrow. A lot of, some people weren't affected at all by COVID-19. So they decided, hey, we're going to purchase a new house at this time. We're going to refinance our mortgage at this time. We're going to do all of these different things. Um, so it became easier to purchase real estate. Prices of real estate went up in some places, uh, but in some places they, they declined due to people uh, leaving those areas or not being able to afford them or whatever it may be. Uh, so you have to understand that in either case, uh, both of these asset classes are subject to being affected by uh, big economic issues. So let's talk about some risks of real estate and risks of owning stocks. So we'll start with the risks uh, inherent with real estate. So the most important risk that, pe that people miss in real estate uh, is that it, you know, it requires a lot of research. Uh, it's not something you can go into casually. You have to go into it uh, with some understanding of what you're doing, understanding of the market, understanding of uh, the location, understanding of a, a lot of different aspects of things in order to make really good uh, decisions on the real estate that you buy. So there's a risk that you don't know enough and you end up making bad decisions. Uh, then further, it's not an asset that is easily liquidated. You can't turn real estate to cash very quickly. This is an illiquid asset. Um, it, now, obviously, you know if it's a hot market and you put the house up for sale, you probably could sell it pretty quickly. But the time until you can actually get the, your money in your pocket is not near as quick as it would be if you know buying or selling um, a stock. So th there's a risk there of illiquidity. There's also risks for home flippers. So these are individuals who go in and uh, they want to buy something really cheap, fix it up and sell it or fix it up and rent it out, something like that. They're trying to flip houses. Um, there are risks that come with handling repairs and managing rentals. There, there are big risks there. Um, you know, maybe your, your renter 
does something catastrophic to your property or or maybe while you're doing repairs you find more issues than you wanted to find so there, there are definite risks in that aspect as well and then some of the main issues that you'll deal with and that are huge risks to you as a real estate investor are dealing with tenants so you're having to deal with people that live in your property like i was just talking about and then the costs associated with the property both um, are, are headaches it takes a lot of of time to deal with those types of things um, and it just makes the barriers to entry higher and it, it you know really whittles down the number of people who are willing to do it because those risks are inherent there and some people just don't want to deal with the uncontrollables they don't want to deal with things that they can't actually you know do analysis on and and understand exactly what's going to occur but just like anything uh, if you make the right decisions do the right things have the um, ability to look at history and, and look at how things work over time doesn't mean you'll never lose or get burned I mean it's the same is true in the stock market uh, but it does mean uh, that over time you would make money so let's look now at stocks what are the risks of stocks the stock market is subject to several different types of risk a few of which being market risks uh, inflationary risks economic risks all these different things uh, so the the stock market does have its fair share of risk taking that goes on as well let's not forget that stocks in the short term can be extremely volatile in price uh, real estate is not typically as volatile in price as stocks are in a short-term situation um, and stocks can be swayed by things that you cannot control if you you can't control the geopolitical climate you can't control uh, the housing market you can't control uh, things that are going on within companies that may be unethical you can't control those things and so that can come back to uh, bite you as a risk of uh, owning stocks then also stocks are highly subject to um, economic policy decisions so when the federal reserve and the uh, board of governors makes decisions uh, about monetary policy or or fiscal policy or, or whatever it may be or the president uh, changes tax code or whatever then stocks are affected uh, that it, that has been a very real concern with um, our our current uh, election and the, the current presidential race was that you know are there going to be higher taxes with one candidate than the other and if that is the case then how is that going to affect business and the stock market overall and then investors can create risk for themselves like if you fail to diversify or you fail to have any asset allocation thus getting rid of single stock risk then uh, you are just creating risk for yourself that doesn't absolutely have to be there and another risk that investors create for themselves is uh, the emotional risks that occur I, I talked in Monday's video about how would you just sell your home if you knew that the home uh, decreased in value some because of something economic going on well probably not and so a lot of real estate investors have no trouble working through um, a recession or some economic issue in that way but individuals who own stocks are far uh, due to the lack of friction to sell a stock and the lack of friction to buy a stock uh, then investors in stocks can really quickly liquidate positions and get out of stocks um, but this can be to their detriment because they will sell after things have fallen so it's much easier for them to sell much less red tape for them to go through therefore uh, they will go ahead and do it and create that risk for themselves that they won't make the returns that they should make because they don't have the emotions they don't have the temperament 
in order to uh, invest for the long term effectively. So I decided to just go ahead and make a couple of quick lists as to the pros and the cons of stocks and real estate. Okay, so we'll start with stocks. The pros, highly liquid, right? You can buy and sell them all day long. It's highly liquid. You can have your cash in your pocket immediately. It's not hard to do. Buying, buying and selling stocks uh, is an easy thing to do. They are highly liquid investments, which uh, can be a fantastic thing for an investor who wants to start or get out of a position. They're easy to diversify. You can buy stocks, um, some small, some large, some uh, international companies, some dividend paying stocks, some uh, stocks that do a lot of buybacks, some who are high growth, some who are value. You can really diversify yourself within stocks um, and you can do it very easily because uh, it's not extremely costly to do so. And then also stocks, especially nowadays, have extremely low transaction fees. You don't have to really pay for trades anymore. And, and that's, a, that's a fantastic thing. It's very easy uh, to get in and out. That's, um, that is a, another decrease in friction. Um, and then also it's easy to add to tax advantage accounts. The, investing in real estate doesn't necessarily have uh, this advantage of um, the tax advantaged accounts that you can um, you know, easily deal with uh, stocks in. There are tax advantages that you can have with real estate, undoubtedly. Uh, but the the Roth options, you know, the you know being able to to put money in to an employer plan and get the match and, and things like that, that is just not the same with real estate and stocks. And that's a that's a really good pro for stock ownership. What are the cons? Well, stocks are really volatile. They are a good bit more volatile than real estate. Like I said, in the short term, they can fluctuate a lot. Yes, over the long term, there have been fantastic returns, but in the short term, they can fluctuate a lot where real estate doesn't really do so most of the time. Then also, selling stocks can trigger big taxes, and we don't like that either because if your stocks aren't in tax-advantaged accounts and you have to sell for some reason or you choose to sell, for some reason, then the realized gains that you have will have some type of taxes on it, whether it be individual uh, income taxes or capital gains taxes. Then another con is some stocks just move sideways for years. Now, this is not gonna be as big an issue if you're buying index funds or mutual funds, but if you're buying some individual stocks, some stocks, you know, they just don't pan out as quickly as you want them to, or, or they don't um, increase in value as much as you want them to. Whereas, you know, if you're constantly receiving rents off of real estate, even if it doesn't increase in value much, uh, you know that the returns that you're getting uh, can still be pretty sizable. And like I said earlier, there's this potential for emotion-driven investing, and that's going to get you in trouble a lot of times. That's what uh, ends up causing big crashes, like we were talking about yesterday. Uh, a lot of crashes can be caused by the quick um you know, decision by few to sell and then a bunch of people following uh, and being a follower and being emotion driven and seeing people selling and deciding you're going to sell too uh, is just a way to get yourself into financial ruin for no good reason. So those are some pros and cons of stocks. Now let's look at pros and cons of real estate. So we'll start with the pros. Uh, first of all, passive income. Now I want to get into this real quick and, and I'm not going to focus too much on it because I'm going to have a video about it uh, here in the near future. Passive income does not exist because you always have to do the work. What they mean by passive income is simply that um, you have income coming to you monthly that you are not going to a job for. Okay, so that's what they mean by passive income. But to be passive, 
uh, is not going to allow you to make the income that you want to make. Okay. So, but passive income is a pro. Uh, you have income that you're making that is not due to your job, which is uh, a nice thing to have coming in. There are tax advantages, like I talked about previously, a lot of write-offs and deductions that you can have in owning real estate and then putting work into real estate, things like that. That's, that's really useful. Just like stocks, they are a hedge against inflation. As the prices of goods and services go up, typically so does the price of real estate, which is, is very good for the uh, real estate owner, the homeowner. And then there's this ability to leverage, which is uh, it's a pro because you could do it, but you can leverage yourself in stocks too. That doesn't mean that it's smart. Uh, it's a pro because it's a way that individuals can uh, fund their purchases. I get it, but it is not necessarily smart to do so. We've talked about how we want to buy rental real estate before, and we don't want to be doing it with leverage. That is not uh, my idea of responsible investing because you wouldn't do that with stocks. So what are some cons of this? What are some cons of purchasing real estate? Well, first off, it just takes a lot of work. It's a lot more work than buying stocks. Like I said, a lot more friction, a lot more issues, a lot more things that just come on your back and, and you can't get in and out quickly um, at all relative to how you can with stocks. So uh, that is a con in and of itself. It's also very expensive. Real estate is an expensive thing uh, to purchase where stocks can be relatively cheap. Um, and it's illiquid. You know, you can't buy and sell really easily and have the cash in your in your pocket like that. You can't um, do that like you can with stocks. I could sell a stock now um, and have the cash in my account immediately, but you can't do that uh, with a piece of real estate. And then there's high transaction costs, obviously closing costs, um, you know, the broker's fee, all these different things that, that come in, the, the appraisals, you know, everything that you have to do around real estate it's all there. You don't have to deal with that with uh, purchasing stocks. And then appreciation isn't guaranteed. You're not guaranteed to purchase a house in a neighborhood that goes up in value over time. Although real estate does increase in value over time, it is typically an appreciating asset. doesn't mean it has to be. It can be in a neighborhood that, you know, the neighborhood declines. The neighborhood becomes less valuable over time. And if that were to be the case, um, then you aren't going to make the money that you thought you were going to make via the appreciation of the property, but you would still be able to make the rents, which is a good thing. But uh, you just have to know that appreciation is not a guaranteed part of real estate investing. But the, the good thing is, is that if you are good at it, if you are experienced at it, you will make sure at the buy that you should be able to see some appreciation over a certain amount of time. So two of the most common things to invest in to create long-term wealth are stocks and real estate. We've had a pretty good discussion about them. There's nothing wrong with either one. Neither one's a bad investment. I like them both. It really comes down to who are you? What do you want? What is your investment style? How do you feel about investing in certain things? What is your need? What are your goals? And you should align those with what you invest in. I really and truly think that this decision between stocks and real estate comes down to your core competencies. It doesn't mean that you can't do both. A lot of people own stocks and own real estate. That's a natural thing, you know, but you may be leaned a little bit more towards liking physical assets. Like you like taking care of it. You like being able to drive by the property and check on it. You like to be able to uh, collect the income off of the property, even though we do like to reinvest that income. We've talked about that previously as well. Um, so maybe you're more apt to do that. You know, maybe you don't trust the the stock market very much. And so you just think, I would rather have this physical asset that I know and understand. 
that's perfectly fine. But then on the other hand, maybe you're somebody who doesn't want to put in a ton of work on your investments. Maybe you want to invest in a much more uh, passive manner. And when I'm saying passive here, I'm meaning um, you're investing in a manner that does, is not requiring a lot out of you. So when it comes down to it, I just think this is a decision that you have to make for yourself. It's going to require some self-awareness and some understanding of what you're good at and what you like. Maybe you, you know, have only bought stocks over time and you want to dip yourself into real estate. You can definitely do that. Maybe you've only bought real estate over time. And you want to dip your uh, toe into stocks. That's, that's perfectly fine too. But I will tell you this, the returns are going to be greatest when you're putting all of your time and effort into the things that you're best at. And so if you're best at real estate management and investing in real estate, then great. If you're really good at picking stocks for the long term, or if you're really good at you know investing more and more in the stock market over the long term and getting those good returns, that's perfectly fine too. Or let's say you tried real estate investment and you're really, really bad at real estate, then you have to understand, you have to be self-aware. And based on that self-awareness, make the decision what do I want to do over the long term? How do I want to build long-term wealth? Because we want good long-term returns and that's going to require you to make some tough decisions. And this may be one of them, stocks or real estate. So hey guys, don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments if you haven't already. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, make sure that you subscribe there and leave me a review. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And if you want to work one-on-one -on -one doing financial coaching, we can definitely do that. Just go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com. Click on the Work with Dylan tab and then sign up for the financial coaching session type that you think you need and you think that will benefit you the most. So tune in tomorrow as I talk about individual stocks and how they're not necessarily for everyone. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howe. God bless.